everyone. Thank you guys for listening to our very, 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 very 10 million times very first team podcast from Hella Looks, episode number one, numero uno. I am Niaja, our creative director. I am Melissa, the art director of Hella Looks. And I'm Jess, editorial director. Whoa, whoa. And um, we should all say where we're from, too, because like we're from the best places in the world. I'm from Oakland, California. I'm from SGV, California, SoCal. And um, I'm from Cerritos in California. What's SGV for those who don't know? SGV stands for San Gabriel Valley. Um, it is in Los Angeles and... I'm actually from West Covina, so that's about 30 minutes east of downtown. Nice. This is just a random question that popped up in my head, so don't kill me, guys. Uh, do you guys know of any famous people that are from your hometowns? A lot of Asian YouTubers. We had to represent really? somehow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> There's this show. Uh, what is it called? It's based in West Covina, but it, it's pretty old now. It's called My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Have you guys heard of it? It was filmed in West Covina, so I'm like happy they put us on the map, but I never watched it. (laughs) Too short. (laughs) Um, Too short. (laughs) Everyone, I feel like people, when you say Oakland, people usually say too short or like the Raiders or something. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, so this is our team podcast. We're going to be talking about some light and heavy and medium topics that come up in our lives and in the world mm-hmm. that we want to talk about and dig deeper into. Um, so I want to do an icebreaker. Ooh, those are fun. So okay. can you guys tell me something that you recently realized or learned about yourself or just in general that helped uh, change your perspective? on things Jess <laughs> my brain is churning um I think just oh this is not light but okay so the past year has been difficult for a lot like everybody all over the world and I think something about that that helped change my perspective is it's just a reminder that like we're all human and then also with like the like racial injustice, social justice movements, just to name a few, it shows uh, the power of what we can do as people when we come together as people, not as like black, white, rich, poor, like obviously those things will always um, be barriers and like divide us. But like, how, how much do we want to let that divide us? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a question I ask myself. So Mm. yeah, I'm smiling. (laughs) You have to say, cause we're all wearing masks. We're trying to be safe. Mm -hmm. Um, you always have to say, I'm smiling. I do that a lot. I'm smiling under this. <laughs> or I'll I'm go smiling like, right now. <laughs> or I'll like exaggerate it. Like, yeah, like try to, yeah. Really, try to really do a Tyra smile. <laughs> My eyes are like, <laughs> yo, I did that to someone when they, I, they let me make a left. But I forgot I wasn't wearing a mask. And I think I scared her because my mouth was like. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I walk past people on the street and I'm like dang he doesn't know I smiled at him he probably thinks I'm yeah. a bitch <laughs> oh my god I feel the worst when it's a little kid yeah uh, sometimes I'll like really quickly go like smile <laughs> I, I just hate I don't want to be like a bitch to kid like that's the worst feeling yeah. to be you stared at when you're a kid yeah. You know what I mean? yeah and to not yeah I guess yeah as a kid to not get those 
positive reinforcers out yeah. in the world is weird. Yeah, yeah. it saddens me. Ah, yeah. Okay, um, that took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mel. Mel, Mel. Uh, okay, sorry to piggyback on dress. I agree. Mm-hmm. This create this week. I mean, this year has been crazy. This crazy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess the thing that I've realized or come to realize is um, the human's ability to adapt. So like with all the depression and all the like whatever you're going through this year, you have the ability to change your state of mind. Mm. And um, I've really been exploring that in isolation and in Mm. quarantine. Um, But even like unlocking patterns within myself even through simply learning an instrument, I'm like unlocking these patterns that I never knew existed. Like Mm -hmm. right now I'm learning how to drum and it requires me to um, work my limbs on different patterns. Oh yeah. So I feel like that's also reflective in like my mind, um, which is, I don't know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I'm also learning more about myself and um, yeah. That's super cool. I ha- that has to be hard. Like I like the whole. It's like patting your head and rubbing your belly, but so much worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you reading music too? I am. Oh yeah, that's intense. Yeah, that's, that's it's crazy. I feel like I didn't realize reading music comes easier to me. Like learning piano as a kid, I hated and I would hate like reading music. But with drumming, it's I need notes to like really understand what I'm doing. Nice. So. Yeah, in that sense, I'm also learning more about myself and how my brain works. And yeah, I think being curious is a human thing that we should, you know, embrace. Yeah, sometimes Definitely. we lose that as we get older. So my mm-hmm. thing actually relates to this, and I'm sure you guys know this about me already, but mm-hmm. I've recently accepted the fact that I have a really hard time when I don't get something perfect right away. So, like, if I'm learning or trying a new thing and it's hard for me, mm-hmm. I, like, tell myself, wow, you really suck. You're so dumb. Why aren't you doing this well? You should just quit and do something that you're good at. No. And maybe not those exact thoughts, but, like, some some version of that. So like, Yeah, it's the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm. So, like, I was trying to, I, I, I realized it when I broke down from, like, trying to do a 20-mile bike ride. Yo, that's bike. not easy. Well, like I, I'm so used to riding mountain bikes, so mm. like those are super easy and effortless for me. But I got a road bike, and like the handles make me sit a different way. And I think There's my no bike gears used to too, be, right? It has gears. Oh, okay, but I just don't know how to. I don't know. I didn't know my way around that bike, mm-hmm. and I'm like 20 miles. Let's do it. But it was so hard, and it's such a silly thing. But it was so hard. I got in my head so bad. I wanted to like cry on the bike ride. And I, I just, it just made me realize, like, damn, you really, you really be like ready to bounce when things get. <laughs> mm. That's a good thing to realize about yourself, yeah. though. Yeah. Yes. Because I want to get to the stage where I'm learning how I learn, mm-hmm. but I have to actually push through the uncomfortable phase of it to yeah. do that. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. You go, girl. She's maturing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how can I? I can't call it Uber because they got a. <laughs> I, gotta, I got this bike with me, <laughs> so I gotta go back. I gotta do the whole thing. Oh fuck! Yes, it was it was a day. Mm. But yeah. 
oh, I'm proud of you for accomplishing that. Yeah. 20 miles is a lot. It's crazy. It was really funny because, like, I was with Joe, my fiance, and Sebastian. Mm -hmm. And they were going really fast. So I'm, like, by myself, kind of. And they're, like, we, like, stopped at one point. And they're, like, we're going to go over a little hill. And I'm, like, okay. So we get, well, they, they went ahead. I get to the hill and I'm like, Niaja, you can do this. I'm like pushing super hard. <laughs> and my bike just goes slower and slower as I'm going up the hill and mm-hmm. it stops. Because mm-hmm. no. I couldn't push hard. <laughs> that so, yeah. happens, yeah. But yeah, being able to like not be good at things and see it through and mm-hmm. work on it mm-hmm. is something I want to do. Yeah. Growth. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's been, well, the world has always been crazy. Um, This country, the United States of America, is wild AF. Um, And this, since this pandemic in particular, there's been a lot of things that have come to the surface, I want to say. Yeah. Um, one of the recent things is a lot of violence, racism, and hate towards Asian people. Um, and I wanted to talk about that as a team, um, with us from different backgrounds, um, being friends, being people who work together, being women in the world Mm -hmm. and our experiences and, and how, We've been dealing with this tough-ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some points up here. I'll just break the third wall. Anyway, but um, so yeah, I guess let's start with talking about what the model minority myth is. All right, so let's unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> so like... I'm sure you guys have all heard about the Stop Asian Hate movement. And that was born out of the rise in uh, anti-Asian hate crimes and violence that really surged with the pandemic. Um, because uh, our former, I'm going to call him 45, mm-hmm. perpetuated uh, a lot of hate. But that's like not not where all this started. Like violence and hate doesn't just like isn't just like born like that. Like it's grown and it's nurtured through years to like grow to something as insidious as the kind of hate that turns into violent hate crimes. The mall minority myth is interesting because I would it's the myth that like we Asian Americans were kind of told and like bought into and believed that like if we worked hard, if we showed that we were like the ideal minority, there's no such thing, that we would be accepted and that we would be able to achieve the American dream. Just keep our heads down. We work hard and we shut up. And it, but that's also so dangerous because it pitted minorities against each other, Mm -hmm. like pits Asians against black, brown, like, and that races are not at fault for that. Like we can, we can blame white supremacy for that, which is, uh, it's scary because that's a much bigger, uh, enemy to identify and realize that you have to fight and break down than just being like you, this race, you're the bad guy, all of you. So that was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
it definitely I agree with you it wedges between the minorities so like mm-hmm. when separation really shouldn't be a thing between blacks or Hispanics or what mm-hmm. um the myth is that like oh Asians they they're successful they're all doctors they're all lawyers they should mm-hmm. be fine like it kind of um discredits from asking like what our needs really are mm-hmm. and it's I think from what I've understood it was a um a term coined as like a a praise to Asians mm-hmm. but in reality it really just like um sorry in reality it really um like sets dangerous expectations exactly yeah um so I also think it it's one of the many ways that we compare ourselves yeah and that is not good Mm -hmm. because we all have different experiences we all have different real history Mm -hmm. and shit that everyone's gone through that's been crazy as hell so comparing I I feel like I see a lot of people comparing like oh well they didn't go through slavery or they didn't do this xyz Mm -hmm. or they have this now Mm -hmm. or we you know that comparison is if like what you were saying earlier further divides people and then mm-hmm. you can't see each other as human and actually have conversations and compassion for each other. It's like weaponizing our differences to push us further apart. Mm-hmm. We could and should celebrate them and find like like lift each other up for those like differences and like support each other when the other needs it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, even I remember growing up in a predominantly Asian public school, the systems itself like would lump Asians together. I remember mm-hmm. being in like a sixth grade history class and every single person, maybe except for like two in that classroom was Asian. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm sure as children, we don't really understand. We're still like trying to um, understand reality and um, but these things are already embedded. You can feel in it. children. Yeah. yeah, you might not be able to voice it, but you can feel it even mm-hmm. as a child. Yeah, that's true. And even even the term minority, it is lumping. Oh, that. Yep. Like it's <laughs> lumping not only Asians, Latinx, Black, all these like eth- different ethnicities, but then even under those like umbrella race terms, there's so much. Like there are so many different countries in Asia. And same with like black culture, same with Latinx culture. Like I'm not even listing everything that I should list, but it is so dangerous to lump all these peoples together under the label minority and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, this, if we give the minorities this, then we Yeah, that's so mm. true. Yeah. yeah. Like the different, like, but it's like, we have different experiences. We have different difficulties. Like all, it's just, it's so much more complex, but it's really easy to be like minorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's, yeah, that's. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> and I think that's why we end up like fighting for this like piece of equality pie. Yeah. Mm. When the only thing that all of our, these ethnicities have in common is poverty, of course, like it's going to lead to clash. But it's not a coincidence that the thing that we all have in common tends to be poverty. Yeah. I mean, I'm try- when we were talking about white supremacy earlier, I'm thinking like, because I think white people are a victim of white supremacy as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think like what, and I probably should have researched this ahead of time. What's the difference between capitalism and white supremacy? 
this is something we should revisit. They seem I to think, be very uh, aligned. Yeah. <laughs> At least in this country. <laughs> it's true. It's like, what, like, I guess the first thing I thought of is like white supremacy thrives off, um, uh, I don't know a better word for this, but the suffering of, um, I guess, minorities. And then capitalism also thrives off the back and the hard work of my like minorities sorry to use the word the term people that i just color. people of color <laughs> <laughs> that's better thank you this is why yeah. we need each other <laughs> i was just from what you're saying it sounds and i and i'm thinking this i'm not putting this into your like this thought into your mouth mm. but um capital white supremacy chooses who suffers in capitalism mm. And who reaps the benefits of capitalism the most. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. That's not a fact. That's my opinion as of now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's how it feels. Um, and I always try to come back to that. I always think that I always come back to the fact that most of the shit that we suffer or like that we are going through is rooted in money mm-hmm. and people. And we're just like getting like the every the average everyday person is like getting manipulated from so yeah. many different places um and then we like fight each other because we're believing all this stuff that we've been manipulated to believe yeah um so where do we go from there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do we how do we come together how do you how do you talk to people who feel like they've been hurt by a a group of people or they can't trust Mm. certain spaces or. Okay. So speaking from personal experience and actually conversations I've recently had, like, I think, I think at this point we all know that there is a little bit of racism in everybody just from our upbringing, from our experiences. And I think like, there are moments of trauma that happen in a person's life and it it varies like based off experience, whatever it is, whether it's like bullying in school, uh, whether it's like, um, this extreme, but like if you were like robbed or or you just had some negative experience, Mm -hmm. it is so much simpler to look at who that person was, their color of their skin and or the gender. Oh yeah. Or their gender and take that, that. And and also how the media portrays certain groups of people, and boiling it boil it down to you 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 and the group of people you're from. You're the bad guy. You're dangerous. You're whatever. And let or you're to blame for this. And like let the prejudice grow from there. And mm-hmm. sometimes unknowingly, mm-hmm. I think a really important thing is to uh, sort of unpack that. And then the first thing is like to admit that. Y- you maybe feel this way towards like this group of people or like certain genders and then do the work to unpack the reasons why talk to people you trust about it. It doesn't mean that those traumatic experiences are invalid. Like those are your experiences. There's reasons you feel this way, but is, is the prejudice, uh, like valid, like maybe not, like maybe we unpack that and like talk about it. Like I've had talks about that, like with my mom and stuff and like, she's, grown a lot too just from the fact that like we talk about it so Mm -hmm. i think like having safe spaces to talk about it or podcasts to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) shameless plug (laughs) follow hell looks on instagram (laughs) h-e-l-l-a-l-o-o-k-s yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's not in there. <laughs> but yeah, I think safe spaces, talking about it, admitting that like we all have a little bit to learn, a lot to learn still. Right. As long as you're alive, you have more to learn. Yeah. Mm. I know it's it's wrong to generalize because one thing happened to you. You can't just assume that every person of this background is the same and that they're going to do the, and that, you know, like their people are the same. I don't know. Sorry, scratch that. Um, <laughs> no, but, no, what you're saying is valid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jess, I think that's important to have these conversations, but for people who are not or cannot be aware of those things, like how do you change their mind or how, mm. how can you like even... Like how do you reach them? Yeah, because I feel like once... Sometimes I'll have conversations with somebody and like they're completely blocked off to the idea or opening openness of thinking something different. So like how yeah. do you... I don't know. It's don't so easy think, to... You don't force it. I think you just like continue to be who you are and spread love and positive knowledge from you and mm-hmm. your actions because everybody's going to arrive at different places you know at the same place different ways yeah. in different times like you can tell them whatever you want to tell them but if it doesn't penetrate their heart like you can't do anything about right that. yeah it's definitely not something forced i see a lot um and that's why i see a lot of people that are like you waited until this thing in atlanta happened to say something and yes I understand, but some people it takes it takes time mm-hmm. and repetition. We know this in marketing. I'm sorry to bring in marketing, but it <laughs> takes don't. repetition for people to start to really consider and to like for to hit them. Yes, like, oh, yep. shit, for them to be like, yep. oh, I need to, I need to question this. I need yeah. to think about this. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with Black Lives Matter over mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that and, didn't just come out of nowhere. And instead of being mad at each other, we just have to be patient and keep doing as much of the work as we can now that we've arrived at that place. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very loving approach to it. And I think we need more of that mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I can't believe you took you all this to say this. And it's, again, really easy to just go that route as opposed yeah. to mm-hmm. choosing the empathetic route. Yeah. But uh, you win more people over with empathetic route. Imagine yes. like how many, like there's probably like, not probably there were definitely activists talking the same stuff that we're talking right now when we were back watching some problematic tv show or movie and thinking it was the best thing in the world like yeah Yeah. like we didn't we didn't come out of the womb woke as fuck like everyone takes time to um to grow yeah yeah Yeah, i also don't think you can influence people without you have to in order to influence people it has to be from a place of non-judgment so yeah I think that also starts with you and like, how do you become a non-judgmental person? Um, it took me a while too to figure out like, okay, I'm angry. Why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it takes practice mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't easy. Because mm. when, so when everything started ramping up again recently, there was like a video of a guy in Oakland, a black man who pushed a 91-year-old man onto the concrete. Mm, yep. 91-year-old Asian man onto the concrete in Chinatown. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And it killed him. And then, what? It, it yeah, killed him. he died. It was, a, it was fatal. He died of his injuries. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like that moment. I remember we talked about this. Yeah. Very soon after it happened because I was scared too, because I was like this, it's horrifying and heartbreaking what happened. But I was scared because I was like, Asians and blacks have a, as you said it, like a complicated, painful history, especially in the, just like in the U S and I was scared that in that moment, um, people would turn on each other. And it's like, after so we've, we're making so much progress to just look at it as, um, look what this black man did. Like, well, I brought up that situation because I looked at it. I looked at the video and I was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the comments under the video and it was like, I can't believe we were standing up for Black Lives Matter and now look at what they're doing. And I was like, ooh, I'm kind of like offended. Yeah. And then I had to sit with that mm-hmm. and be like, hold up. This is not the time to be like offended or upset or even focus on that energy. Mm-hmm. This is like not the time for that. Yeah. Um, and I, it took me a while to like get over that. And like, I kept thinking about it. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, this, I'm offended, but this doesn't feel like, I don't, I'm not proud of being offended. Mm-hmm. So I, I really had to sit with that and like dig deeper into that feeling and move past it and like, let it go. Yeah. Cause you it also was not serving it. me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we should, we deserve the space to unpack our feelings, whether yeah. they make us feel good or they make us feel bad. There's a reason that like for that. Yeah. I think it's like natural instinct to get defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of 10, it like is totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When someone's hurting, like go help the one that's hurting, not like, make it about you yeah yeah and don't lump people like the actions of an individual as representative of an entire race that Mm -hmm. is yeah so inaccurate and it's not fair but then i was like well then well i'm black so what can i do and i'm like i still don't know the answer to that question Mm -hmm. um yeah honestly like speaking as like uh your fellow teammate and also like your friend and we've been friends for a while Honestly, just feeling the support, knowing that like you got me and like like we have each other's backs, like you're an ally, all of that, it's like immeasurably immeasurably valuable. Yeah. And that like just just knowing that. Cause then knowing that it's almost like it gives you hope that like, no, this is not reflective. Like, and it's true because look at all these people who I have very real relationships with for very real reasons that are not based off like judgments off of like a video that I've seen that I'm I'm, like off judgments I'm making based off a video I've seen Mm. yeah made me so angry (laughs) um and moments of silence are normal because sometimes we just need to absorb and soak it in I don't want to say I can't believe it's happening this is happening, but I also like can't believe this is happening. It's pretty yeah. insane. It's a little bit of both for me because it's like I'm horrified because I'm just like, how could this be happening in like 2021? But at the same time, like a little bit of history, like like America is like a thousand percent a melting pot. Has always been. 
also stolen land, but we'll, we can talk about that another time. It's a salad. It's not melted. <laughs> if it was melted, we'd be more united. It's a salad before they mix the <laughs> Is the unifier the dressing? And yeah, the celebration of the croutons? <laughs> this is a very dry salad. <laughs> so far. <laughs> Yeah, who made that up? I don't. The melting mm -hmm. pot. I think yeah. that was like propaganda, like in the nineties. Because I remember I was telling you guys the other day, because I grew up in the Bay, mm -hmm. and I was like, they were like melting. They taught us something about melting pot, and I was like, I see it. I see it around me. Like especially, I went to school in Alameda for elementary and middle school, and it was like damn near equal every race in my two schools so that cool. I well not elementary. Elementary was predominantly white, but middle school was like everyone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and like we all like pretty much get along. Like we listen to some of the same music and like know each other. It was dope. I'm like, okay, this is a melting pot. Mm -hmm. And then I came to LA for college and I was like, oh. So it's not a melting pot. No oh. one's mixing. This mm. is weird. <laughs> no salads. Um, especially in college. More yeah. like after graduating, obviously, you have the opportunity to be a confident adult and mm -hmm. meet people but but yeah college was a shock yeah but yeah. i feel like college is supposed to prepare you for that right did it not my school was very segregated mm -hmm. like a lot i'm sure yeah like and i, I don't want to say the institution did that but like the kids themselves i think came from lots of different places mm -hmm. and it was very 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 like mostly white mm. um and then like I don't know the percentages, but there was like, I want to say close to a thousand black kids, maybe less. And there's like, that's not much, right? You know, maybe 60,000 people at the school. I don't know. It was oh. really small population of black kids and they like stuck together mm -hmm. like a family, <laughs> which is really messy when you're in college. But um, <laughs> it's a very different dynamic <laughs> yeah. from like high school to college. <laughs> Yeah. And then high school, yeah, it was like I feel like I watched that movie The Fighting Temptations. Is that what it's called? The one with Denzel when they're in the football team and it's like half black, half white, and they like bring these kids together to play football. I don't know. I'm really honestly, Niaj, you filled me in on a lot of pop culture <laughs> once we met, so I have not seen that movie. I have a lot going on in this brain. But my high school was a uh it's called Oakland School for the Arts. We were the f I was part of the first group of kids to ever even go to that school we were the first that they opened it when we went um and it was like kids from like the inner city in oakland and like kids from like more affluent neighborhoods in oakland all like mixed into one very small school mm. so i don't know i just had different experiences and then i came to la and everyone was like i'm not speaking yeah, yeah. also partly <laughs> Partly because LA is so big compared to the Bay where like you're constantly crossing different neighborhoods in order to get home. But in LA, you could like easily just drive and not even like acknowledge your neighbor or acknowledge like people on the street. Yeah, but also like I feel like people live in like compared to like the parts of the Bay that I grew up in, people live in different areas here. Like the, all the black people are on like in like mostly South LA. Mm -hmm. Then like all the Hispanic people are mostly in East LA. A lot of Asian people are in like the Alhambra area. Mm -hmm. Like it's hella separate. Mm -hmm. 
And then you have like the little Tokyo, little Ethiopia, little like, which is great. But like, I don't know. I just noticed all the like different vibrant communities, but very separate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was cool because I learned a lot about different cultures. But then it was like, well, no one is mixing. Like in the Bay, everyone mixes like you damn near don't know about anybody's culture because everyone's like on the same shit. (laughs) But but um, but yeah, it was just different. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I think, okay, so it's with the pandemic, a lot of uh, sometimes I would, you know, grass is always green on the other side, or at least like it's easy to think that. Uh, there was a, there was a, I got really into watching like soul vlogs on YouTube. And I would, then I was starting, what kind of, what like, kind like, of? Vo- like YouTube vlogs, but uh-huh. from people in like Seoul, like in South oh, okay. Korea. Oh, okay. And I would, I started to get so sad because I was like, look at them. They're all so responsible. They all wear masks. You can go to a cafe. You can still meet with friends. And I was like, I want that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe it'd be different if I like could live somewhere else where it, to me, it felt like the citizens were more like considerate of the whole, which mm-hmm. I think on some level is kind of true. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I was watching, like, I think sometimes we forget the the value and the diversity that we have here as well because countries like japan and korea are very homogenous mm-hmm. um and it's like you don't see the amount of diversity that like you see in america so i i guess in a way with that comes uh, a lot of tension and strife mm-hmm. and especially like since our topic is stop asian hate like uh asian immigrants first came to the u.s in like the 1850s mm-hmm. like because in the aftermath of like the opium wars and because California gold rush like so it's like Asians like they came they did the work they built the railroads but like a Chinese people Asian it was mostly Chinese at the time but Asians along with all like other ethnicities were never truly accepted like there were acts like the page act of 1875 and the Chinese exclusion act of 1882 Mm -hmm. that like legally are trying to stop immigration Mm -hmm. of like Chinese people at first it was like Chinese women that's where the whole like um I don't even think stereotype is a the right word but like um that Asian women were um threats because of their sexuality so it's like though like that's like really where it started because so at the time some Asian women were sex workers but they weren't the only ones but they were the ones pinpointed mm-hmm. and they're like ooh, like they're like they definitely were not the only ones. No, they definitely were not, but they were pinpointed. And I mean, people blaming immigrants for stealing jobs has started like centuries ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I grapple with how could we still be dealing with this now in 2021? But at the same time, like when you learn about history, you also realize that like, oh, it's like there are themes and patterns here. So it's like, how could we still be dealing with this? But at the same time, like, well, this was like, it's so sad that so much has changed and yet so much has not changed. Was it ever addressed? We've always found ways to just cope with it. And that's why you see right? so many of these vibrant but separate communities. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that also helped birth the model minority myth. Yeah. Asians like, we just want to fit in. Just shut up. Keep your head down. Work. Yeah. Hope for the best for the next generation. Yeah, I think that's why Asian women especially were pinpointed because mm-hmm. people think they're not going to say anything. People think they're just going to, you know, put their head down mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay that... Because historically they haven't mm-hmm. for the sake of like the bigger picture. They're like, what is my pain if I can 
if we can all move forward. Yeah, but um, I don't know if you guys saw Daniel Day Kim. He like delivered an address to Congress um, fighting for, I think it's like the anti-hate bill. Um, and he said like, there are 23 million Asians in this country. And he's like, we are united and we're waking up. And I think for the first time, um, I think a lot of like older generations of Asians are understanding why they were keeping silent for so long and why we can't do that anymore. And also why we can't turn on other ethnicities. Like we actually need to unite together yeah. to like fight mm -hmm. against this bigger beast, not each other. Well, yeah, the reason that we don't like each other is from that bigger beast. Yes. I think is the... Which yeah, is white supremacy. Thing that everyone is starting to realize. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my pants. Uh, but I think that's what everyone's starting to realize now. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, can we... Can we... Re how much can we rely on the government to rectify these nah, things and yeah. not further perpetuate and put us I don't got in a lot the of same faith. positions again. I don't know. Cause like, uh, I don't think we I can rely on them to be honest. One of the things that happened recently in the Bay with, or at least I read a headline. So forgive me. Um, I didn't read the full thing, but when, with all this violence against Asians that's happening in the Bay area, I think, a police, I can't remember if it's SFPD put out like a thing that they're going to have a task force to um, patrol and like specifically work on these cases. And that like scared me a little bit because I'm like, are you guys going to actually patrol and actually try to solve these cases? Or are you going to use this as an excuse to harass people of color? Yeah. Isn't that how the KKK was born? And the fact Man. that you're even questioning. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yes. Yeah, I was like. But no, it just scares me because yeah. I'm like, I understand people want to be protected, but I'm like, damn, who do we trust to do that? And yeah. not to like make it even worse. Not saying that this task force is a thousand percent going to be the devil, but it just made me scared to like yeah. hear police being the resolution. I was just about to say, I think a lot of the apprehension comes from the fact that the originator is the police, which mm -hmm. like, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of mistrust, valid mistrust there, especially like coming off like the height of Black Lives Matter. I think in this, in this time, we really need to like rely on each other and show up for each other to, so I think it boils back to like community, like create space, like safe spaces to talk about these issues with the people close to you and make progress that way. And then find ways to show up for your community and like help protect your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They should just like, instead of do a task force, like give the community some money so they can figure it out themselves. <laughs> I know. They're like, no, we can't do that. Let's get our own ways to be secure. Um, yeah. I love that coming out of this, age of COVID-19 people are realizing that and I'm even like more involved in community work um so like creating community gardens and create mm -hmm. and making food for yourself so that you don't have to rely on supermarkets or whatever mm -hmm. um because I mean we're coming to realize that we're coming to realize that 
we can't rely on the government. And yeah, even this task force, you're not the only one like wondering what the fuck are they really going to be like mm-hmm. of service or are yeah. they going to be of service to, you know, some quota? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or get on a power trip about like being on a task force. Yeah. Task forces is not a good name <laughs> in general. Like it doesn't make anyone feel good. They have a task that they that needs force because like to be addressed. This, <laughs> this could be incorrect, but also like didn't Hitler have a task force? Which Ooh. is how he like. I don't even know who that is. Hitler. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, I don't know. No, I don't. I know he. Well, I think that he rose up through government. Mm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. He had a party. I may have seen this. He had in a political movie. he had a political party. Mm. Oh Lord. Well, you know, I think a lot of what people are struggling with right now is like uh feeling helpless and hopeless at the situation. Like so much has happened this year that is completely out of our control. And then like with like right like racial injustice and like hate crimes, it's like you feel you end up feeling really scared and like you but also like you can't do anything and then mm. it makes you start to feel like you lose hope. Um, so I think what we could do is like it's small things, you know, it's like it's like volunteering. I think sometimes donating helps, but it's hard to know where the money's going mm-hmm. like in terms of donating. So I think stuff like volunteering and like showing up is important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have heard about um, – in Oakland, they started um, this like compassion in Oakland project. And it's because a lot of the violence was happening in Oakland, Chinatown. Mm -hmm. So compassion in Oakland started um, to basically allow people to volunteer to like uh, chaperone like people who need help. Yeah. Like especially like elderly people. And then so actually um, my friend Brittany reached out to them and actually founded a compassion in SGV um, (laughs) branch. So um, I'm part of it and it's like, I think it's still getting like up and off the ground, but I think like SGV is massive. Also, I did not know that. Like, I thought it was just like San Gabriel Valley, but it's like really big. It like, includes like Temple City and like Diamond Bar and stuff mm-hmm. too. So I think, um, I know SGV is kind of far from here, but I think just stuff like that, like volunteering, getting out there, um, just trying like doing see what, what you, can you do. have, like doing what's in your means. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, the chaperone thing, it reminds me of the Black Panther Party when they had that yeah. in their program too. Mm-hmm. I like, and I think that's really helpful and like not, it's just, everything's in the right place with something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, being there for people. Yeah. And like, I, like what the Black Panther Party did and has done and is like still doing in a way is, and was revolutionary. Like you're the one that actually told me that like the like, um, free free food free meal program like mm-hmm. in schools like that originated with the black panther party mm-hmm. so it also goes to show that like we should be inspired by each other and we should also learn about our history mm-hmm. to understand how we all connect and yeah. can, like deepen those connections mm-hmm. and when i watched um i don't know this is just a random whatever i'm gonna roll with it and when i watched <laughs> the uh the movie about judas and the black messiah the movie about the guy who set up fred hampton um 
Fred Hampton was only 21 years old. I, I was surprised. But, um, he was he was like passionate about joining all of the different groups of people that were yeah. struggling in Chicago. Yeah, all yes. of us. Like, that's amazing. That movie is incredible. If like if you haven't seen it, you should. So yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, just doing like the community work and like mm-hmm. yeah, you thank you for bringing that up about the Black Panthers mm-hmm. uh free food program becoming like a national staple mm-hmm. um just reminds me and anyone listening that like you can start small in your own small community mm-hmm. and make a humongous impact and legacy yeah and actually reminds me of what Frederica newton said in our latest action zine about how like she was well she grew she was like 17 years old and said that we one of the questions we asked her was like in the in at that time did you know that the work that you were doing was legendary mm. and revolutionary. And she was like, no, like we just did the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said a hard no to that one. Yeah. She was like, no. Yeah. She was we like, we're just were... doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys can actually watch our interview with Frederica on yes. YouTube yes. and check out our zine for the full written interview. Check it out. Hellalooks.com, baby. Mm-hmm. All of it. The inter- You can watch it and get the, the zine there, but yeah, just got to get organized. If we're really I like, yeah, I think it's really about like if you really care about this stuff and it's really sitting on your heart, the next question is what can I do? What mm-hmm. am I going to do? It doesn't have to be huge, you know? Like yeah. I think no. people get tripped up on that yeah. and it's like just start something, anything. Chaperoning like a sweet grandma, like that is something. Like you mm-hmm. make, like it might feel like not a lot to you, but it could be everything to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people think like, "Oh, I'm not uh I'm not an activist like that's not my career choice. Mm-hmm. So then I'm not going to do anything. But yeah. everyone has the ability to like take some form of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be an activist to like ask somebody authentically how their day is or like man just, you know, make conversation with somebody who you probably wouldn't on a normal on a normal day, but just showing, coming out of like a place of love and compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I know it's like, this is way easier said than done. I think a lot of the injustices that we complain about, some of us have the opportunity to come together and like reverse. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's a lot of, talk about like like you know we've been like supporting black owned businesses and stuff this year i know growing up i would always hear complaints about oh there's no black owned this type of store this type of store this restaurant or whatever like start it like open a store mm-hmm. or at least see if you can mm-hmm. come, come together with someone else or go support someone else's store like i don't know i just think i guess i'm trying to say like be the change you want to see in the world <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, Just don't give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we do Hello Looks. At least for me, that's why I do yeah. Hello Looks. Because I want to tell stories of, or want to share people's stories that, you know, may not have access to that, that mm-hmm. are creating really amazing things and doing great things for the community or just for putting amazing thoughts and stories into the world. I want to, help share that mm-hmm. um and i wasn't seeing it being done that much in the way that i was envisioning it mm-hmm. so 
that's why we do hello looks. I don't know. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at our notes. I feel like we talked about everything. I feel like we did too. We did it. All. What? Are we on time? I have no idea. We will probably edit this section out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, okay, questions. Fun stuff. Okay. What is your favorite song that came out in the last six months? Mm. Life Goes On by BTS. I don't know why I didn't know that it was going to be a BTS. <laughs> um, I love BTS. I'm an ARMY. Hello. Um, <laughs> Wait, do you, you said you are an ARMY? Yeah. The, oh, okay. the fan base is called ARMY. I think it stands for Adorable Representative MC of Youth. No. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't choose the fandom name. <laughs> But I love that song because, uh, I mean, like many artists, like their entire like Map of the Soul 7 tour got canceled, like global tour because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So in the time that they were, uh, they all live together too. So it's like, um, like in like a dorm style place, but in the time that they were like reeling with the pandemic, like, what are we going to do? Where do we go from here? That song Life Goes On is born. And it's literally about like the pandemic and like how life goes on and like wondering like if things will ever be the same, but like we have to just keep moving forward and like find joy in life. And like, uh, it's a very soothing, like healing song. So like, I like it. Nice. Mm -hmm. What about y'all? Is there a dance to it? There is not. It's like, it's like a slow song. Yeah. It's like, yeah, life goes on. Jess also, (laughs) Jess also is a dance superstar in her free time. Yes. Total amateur. I just wiggle in my living room. Oh my God. Not true. She be, nope. she got them steps down. She goes off. Just y'all. show us some moves <laughs> right now. Show us okay. some <laughs> she playing us. Go to her Instagram. Uh-oh. She got videos oh on there. I love that. Damn, I can't think of a song right now. It's been a year. Why am I struggling? My th- my problem is choosing one song because <laughs> there's like a million songs. I know. I mean, I, I wish I could just go on my Spotify and see my likes. <laughs> your phone's right there. Is that your phone? It is. Um, let's see. What have I been listening to lately? So my Spotify, is it called Spotify Wrapped? Yeah. My Spotify Wrapped made me like feel bad about myself. Oh, no. All the music, like usually my Spotify Wrapped has like all this like really like uh, deep, and passionate like R&B or like cool stuff. Was there a lot mm. of Cardi B? It was all Cardi B and yeah. Megan Thee Stallion. I was like, what have I been doing? I haven't even been going anywhere. Why am I listening to oh, That's why, exactly why. You haven't been going anywhere. You need to you need to be the change you want to... No, that doesn't work. I'm just trying to bring a vibe into be the apartment. Be the party you wish you were at. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Be the party. That's kind of catchy. I love but, that. Um... Yeah, I listen to Hella Meg, but also I like Kaylani's recent album. Mm, me too. Um, she has a song with James Blake called Grieving that I just think is so oh. good. Okay. It's so good. Must listen. Mm. Yeah. 
James Blake. Um, damn. So I've been listening to a lot of like instrumental or just <gasps> music without words. Cause sometimes I'm just like overwhelmed by stimulus and mm-hmm. stimuli. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want to like vibe with the, beat, yeah. you know, that's so, good. That's true. Yeah. A lot of it is like, I don't know, Afrobeat or like just instrumentals. And it also helps me develop, like, helps drumming? me develop drumming <laughs> <laughs> technique. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think we all need to like slow it down a little bit, but says the girl who just recently got addicted to TikTok and like, I can't stop with the, the short <laughs> first of like entertainment. <laughs> Maybe I should listen to some instrumental music. <sighs> yeah. I've been trying to like tell myself to be, you guys know, uh, I like to plan things like mm-hmm. it's like an addiction. <laughs> like plans. That's just part of your nature. Yeah. No, you're just a Virgo. <laughs> but, yeah. but it makes me speed things up a lot and be impatient to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been trying to be mindful of being in the moment instead of trying to like get to the end of things to get to the next thing mm-hmm. all the time. I yes. feel that though, even with the, like the way hell looks has been and like, like your creative direction and stuff like that. And like planning things out, like I, f- I feel the shift and like, I don't know, like it's like, it's, it's definitely felt. And I feel like it creates a very like nurturing understanding environment that I don't know, at least speaking for me, makes me want to like make sure to deliver and work hard. So I don't know. It's like, might just be like a perspective or energy shift that you did, but like it's felt. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It definitely influences others. Yeah. I feel it. I've never said that to you before, but I've definitely feel it in a really good way. I'm here to receive all the compliments. Say what you say, whatever you want to say. You're so beautiful. I love your outfit. (laughs) (laughs) That hair. (laughs) Your dog is cute. She cute. She is cute. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, y'all. This was great. It was a good first podcast. It yes. was nice. I felt calm. Yeah. We said we were like, well, Jess, you said you were going to be nervous. And then I made a joke, which is like my way of saying I'm nervous. But I feel calm. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about red beans next time. Yeah. And we won't explain what that means right now. Yeah. You're just going to have to tune yeah. in. <laughs> okay, right. Follow Hell Looks at Hell Looks on Instagram. Yes. And we are Niaja, Melissa, and Jess. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> have Thanks, an amazing guys. rest of your week. Yeah.